Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waltman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Not on. Oh. My name is Joe Oltman. Lots to talk about today. I want to start with a bit of good news, if we can put up my screen, Mr. Producer. They did a recount in one of the Virginia districts, and the Republican defeated the Democratic incumbent by 64 votes. So the Republican majority in the Virginia Assembly will now be 52 to 48. A little bit of a cushion. Before this, it looked like it was going to be 51 to 49, so an extra Republican seat in the Virginia legislature. Still not getting tired of winning. But you can't, they're trying to distract us from the reality, and the reality of it is that the machines in the election, from Dominion voting systems to ESNS to Smartmatic to Runbeck, the company that literally hides, to some of the other companies that get no bid. Um, contracts to stand side by side with Dominion voting systems specifically, those machines have to go. They're fraudulent. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about today. This was just a little, just a sidebar. It's good news. We want to celebrate the good news when we get it. Another Democrat lost in Virginia. Why don't we we go right into it? Because today's an election fraud day. Lots to talk about. There was a big hearing in Wisconsin where they brought in experts to basically lay out everything that they've found about Wisconsin's voting systems, specifically about Wisconsin's voter registration systems. And lots came out yesterday. But what we also learned yesterday is we also heard, Joe, from your favorite person in the world, Mike Pence. Mike Pence is trying to resurrect his career. He was just at an event that that I think it was called Save Our Paychecks. So he's trying to make a name for himself again. He sat down with CBN. And he answered questions about about January sixth. Did you his watch role the whole thing? Not, I did watch the whole thing, but we have a little. <laughs> I didn't want to play the whole thing, but we have a. I, I watched it for two times speed because I just couldn't get through the fake emotion. Yeah, but President yeah, Trump I, said he's a good guy. You know, uh, he did. He said he's a good guy that, frankly, just had no spine. Basically, is how he said it. He also called him a pussy. <laughs> So there's that. There's also that. Um, so why don't we play this clip? This is Mike Pence being asked about January 6th, and I want you to, to, to listen to the, the answer he gives. Mr. Bruce, let's play cut one. I need to ask this question. It's the first time you and I have seen each other since January 6th. I got to tell you, my inbox blows up. There are millions of folks who are angry at you uh, within the MAGA movement. Uh, who say they it's wanted you to reach movement. some it's sort of middle ground, movement. maybe kick this okay. back to the state legislatures. Not, not to over, just to look at the envelope and say, I'm going to throw it out. That's not what they're saying. They're saying there was a middle ground here to send it back to the state legislatures. You didn't do that. Uh, people have called you a traitor. I, I need you to respond to these folks because this is a consistent thing that I hear every single day. That's interesting, David. As I travel around the country, I've been very moved mm-hmm. at the level of support that I've been met with. Bull crap. Whether it be college campuses. He's such a liar. Campaigning for candidates around the country. 
mean, ours is a movement that cherishes so the Constitution. Shut the f And for me, January 6th was a tragic day. Thanks to the efforts of law enforcement, we quelled the violence, we ended the riot. But on that same day, we reconvened the Congress. This guy is a liar! finished our work Let him talk. under the Constitution Let him talk. of the United States and the laws of this country. And that's not to say that there weren't irregularities in the election. On January 6th, I said that I believe there were irregularities about which I was concerned. Mm -hmm. And I wanted them to have a fair hearing before the Congress. But from the founding of this nation forward, it's been well established that elections are to be governed at the state level. Mm -hmm. And that the only role the Congress has is to open and count the electoral votes that are submitted by states across the country. Mm -hmm. Liar. No more and no less than that. Mm -hmm. Let's go, Brandon. And you know, in January of 2017, I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Bible says in Psalm 15 that you Oh my gosh. He keeps his oath even when it hurts. Mm -hmm. And on that day, I could relate to that sentiment. But I wanted to keep my oath to the Constitution regardless of the concerns that I'm glad to see many states addressing now sure. with reforms from Georgia to Texas to Arizona and states across the country with more work to be done in election reform and election integrity. Mm -hmm. uh, I know in my heart of hearts that on that day, uh, we did our duty under the Constitution. No regrets, no regrets on that day. But, but let me say this, I, yeah. I, I don't know if President Trump and I will ever see eye to eye on that day. Mm -hmm. Uh, or that <laughs> many of our most ardent supporters mm -hmm. will agree with my decision that day. But I know I did the right thing. And I will always be proud of our record over the past four years. Mm -hmm. What a piece of trash! <laughs> I, I cannot, you know... <sighs> I was just mimicking what he did to try and channel his inner Trump because they, what they do is they try to emulate things that Trump did. And if you don't know this about politics, they will, they will copy manner, mannerisms, right, in order to win. So uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Clinton, Bill Clinton used to do this, put his finger outside of it. If you go back and watch different clips, people will do the same thing to try and trigger people on what people pay attention to. Right. And so Trump did the same thing. And he's trying to emulate some of the things that Trump said and some of the ways that Trump talks. So he, he is, it's a setup. It's a setup to try and get to the place where people will will think that he's an honorable man. He's not an honorable man. And to talk about January 6th as if it was a riot, it was a redress of grievances and those people being held in jail. Notice he didn't say anything about those people because those people don't matter to pieces of trash like Pence. They don't matter. And it's not a MAGA movement, it's an American movement. It's a movement for America. Republicans, Democrats, liberals, uh, conservatives, not radical leftists, because that's what they are. Radical leftist terrorists are over here. But Americans in the middle. And to say that he's been, that he's been met with support, I've been at places that, that, that Pence has been in, walking down the hallway, and all you can hear when he walks down the hallway is, traitor! There goes the traitor. That's truth. 
because he's a traitor. And to say that he did the right thing and not sending it back to the, to the state house so that they could actually make a determination of whether or not there was election fraud, and for him to sit here and say that there's irregularities, piss off. Piss off, Pence, you piece of trash. $5 gas, family's going without, a border that's wide open, and you want to act like it's no big deal? As you sit on your high horse and lie about January 6th? Uh, he could piss off. Piss up a rope. So in 1796, John Adams was vice president and he was running against Thomas Jefferson and he had the job of counting his votes and there were irregularities, discrepancies in the paperwork from Vermont that would have made it a much more complicated process. Thomas Jefferson said he didn't want to really make a fuss over the quote unquote form. He was just worried about the substance. So John Adams counted him the votes the way he wanted to and made himself president. Four years later, roles completely reversed. Thomas Jefferson was the one counting the ballots. And there was a question about Georgia's vote, saying that it was flawed. Technically, it wasn't submitted correctly. So Jefferson, but still Jefferson counted Georgia and kicked Adam out of the presidency. Right, so they, they passed the 12th Amendment to try and like settle this a little bit. But as we've talked about on the podcast before, the election of 1876 is the most recent precedent when you had different slates of electors from southern states because there was election fraud. There were competing slates of electors from different southern states because the state legislatures believed that the actual win the winners were illegitimately ele elected, chosen. So they submitted their own slate of electors and it created huge chaos. So what we were fighting for last December, last January, were for states to submit their electors. And we saw really despicable um, despicable sites where these alternate slates of electors were being removed or kicked out of, uh, of state capitals. They weren't allowed to meet. The question is whether, whether Mike Pence, having what he had then, had the authority to do what his predecessors have done. He to absolutely do what had the Jefferson, To do what... Adams had done. He lied to Trump before he is, went out there because he told Trump that he was going to do the right thing. He's a liar. He's a lying piece of trash who sat on that stage. Guys, if you think I'm lying about the fact that he's trying to channel inner Trump in order to get people to, to associate him with President Trump, go back and watch some of the videos. Watch what he just did and watch previous videos of how he talked. And he's like a chameleon because that's what, that's what these politicians are. They're chameleons. They don't care about you. You're a nuisance to them. And Pence is no different. He's a traitor to our country. And he's proven it time and time again that he doesn't care about you. He went into hiding for a year, decided that he was going to go meet with people out there, and he got met with the same thing that he should have been met with and that he is a traitor. He is a traitor to the people. You sit up there and tell me that there's irregularities and you're just willing to let it go? And you call them irregularities? No. The election was stolen, you piece of trash. Whew. So this is... <clears throat> we've heard this across the entire... Spectrum. Everyone who has the power to stop fraudulent votes from being counted claim that they they can't. Right. At every single step, we've 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 covered cases like like in the case of Michigan with the Board of Supervisors who are required under Michigan law to certify the results of the election. To tell a, a board, a body that they have to certify it is to insinuate that there is an alternative, right? Certifying means that you are certain. If you are not certain, you cannot certify. 
This is something that uh, that we kind of went back and forth on with Doug from Cyber Ninjas, where he was saying, well, he wouldn't have he he wouldn't decertify, but he admitted that he wasn't certain about the results. Well, the root word for certify is certain. If you are not certain, you cannot certify. So we've seen the board of supervisors refuse to step in and admittedly certifying results that they are not certain about. We have seen state legislatures agree to certify results that they admit are not they're not certain about. We've seen governors certify results that they admit are not cert, they're not certain about. We've seen Congress agree to certify results that by their own admission they're not certain about. And then we see Vice President Pence, then Vice President Pence get up there and certify votes which he already admits from that little bit of the interview that there were discrepancies. Meaning you can't be certain at every single step of the way, we had people certifying votes that they could not and admittedly were not certain of. So maybe we need a different word because obviously certify doesn't mean what they think it means. We, 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 we don't, we, we, we keep putting ourselves in a position as people where we want to talk about it, right? We want to talk through these these things and everybody says well you got to keep a level head you got to keep decorum while the radical left do all of these things and then you have the rhinos which now are positioning themselves to call people who support president trump pieces of trash now keep in mind the 71 million on paper supported president trump and it's probably more like 80 million as the piece of trash biden got somewhere around 40 to 45 million 30 to 45 million Right? So we know that there was massive amounts of influx of, of votes. That's why they're fighting these audits. They don't want the audits to happen because, frankly, if, you, if, you, if, if it was about money, then you wouldn't be spending, sending uh, $700 million or $5 billion over to different countries and signing $5 trillion uh, budgets. But we, we, have to start, we have to start pushing against these, them as the same. So the rhinos and the radical left, they are the same. They're the same. They're the same to me. I mean, I've seen the GOP in action, and I got to tell you, the GOP action in action that is outside of the grassroots organizations that are standing up for the people within their community are nothing but trash. The Wayne Williams of the world, the Eli Bremers of the world, the, the you know, the, what, what's the guy's name here in Colorado? Who's our rep? I'm my rep. Not your rep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, while Joe is, 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 grabbing for the name gotta remind everyone this podcast sponsored by my pillow if you care about election fraud then you have to support mike lindell and great patriots who work at my pillow they have taken a beating for doing what is right for for pursuing the truth so make sure you head over to mypillow.com and use promo code cd21 charlie delta 21 to get up to 66 percent off on your order it's the best promo code available you're going to save a ton of money on sheets on mattress pads, on mattresses, on pillows, obviously, slippers, everything. They they pretty much everything. Every time I go there, they buck. have more products than they had before. So so head over to MyPillow.com and use promo code CD21 to get up to 66% off. What was that, Joe? Ken Buck. Somebody just gave wow. me Ken Buck. Ken Buck. Ken Buck's a, another piece of trash rhino. They all, they, they're, they're all trash. They're all trash. They're trash these people that are that are put up and propped up by the establishment you have someone down in el paso county colorado her name is vicky tonkins she is a black conservative very very strong woman i'm gonna say it she's very very strong 
And they, the establishment rhinos, including the vice chair of the GOP in El Paso County, which, by the way, is the largest GOP in the state of Colorado, has lied about her and said she stole $50,000. But when that, didn't come, when that didn't come true, they started making up more things. Oh, she violated the board rules. Well, here's the push. She put it up there. Here's the board rules. They've been trying for the last two years to get her out so they could restore all of these radical agendas for the rhinos to stand in the way of progress. And I want to go back and say something that, that, that I'm gathering information about this guy, Wayne Williams, who, by the way, was the Secret- Secretary of State of Colorado, who is the one that brought Dominion Voting Systems to Colorado, who had his wife run for county commissioner who oversees the elections in El Paso County to use Runbeck and who, by the way, he works for Runbeck. Back, back in the election of 2000, I think it was 2018, when a guy named Robert Blaha was running for um, maybe it was 2016. It was 2016. No, yeah, 2016. He was running for Senate. Wayne Williams, maybe 2014. All right, somewhere around there. I'll get the I'll get the numbers here in a minute. But when Robert was running, he was a successful Christian businessman. Was running for Senate. Um, Wayne Wayne Williams, because he petitioned onto the the ballot, disqualified the signatures that Robert Blaha had. He had to take it to court to get himself to to beat Wayne Williams, who was supposed to be standing for his party, but Wayne Williams knew that Robert Blaha would win. Successful, very well-known business guy. And so Wayne Williams and his own party did everything to interfere with Robert Blaha getting the nomination for the Senate race. So there's people inside of the Republican environment that literally are obstructionists. They're pieces of trash, and Wayne Williams is a piece of trash. So if you're listening from Colorado, yes, I think Wayne Williams is a piece of trash. I think he's a liar. I think he's nothing but the scum of the earth, just like the radical leftists. And the stuff that I know about him, yeah, we ran an op on you, Wayne Williams. I hope you're listening, is unbelievable. But this is happening everywhere, Max. The GOP is filled with people who are really radical leftists. I'm going to send over a clip to you, Mr. Producer, for um, Project Veritas about a guy that's running for, um, he is running for um, state house in Arizona as a Republican and some of the comments that he made about the Republican Party, and about people that are standing up for election integrity specifically. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get that teed up. Before we get too far off of Pence, there is, Joe, an alternate version of that interview. Do you know that there's an alternate version of that interview? I'm almost afraid. And specifically, specifically when, when Mike Pence admits that he and Trump will never see eye to eye, Mr. Producer, let's go and play this alternate cut. Let's play cut two. I, I don't know if President Trump and I will ever see eye to eye on that day. He's a pussy, pussy, pussy. Uh, or- <laughs> <laughs> and that was made by the by, uh, the Daily Show. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Trump as the little ectoplasmic specter hovering over Mike Pence's shoulder. <laughs> what? what so, a- Go ahead. Sorry. So, well, we have a lot to get through. We have seven, 16 more cuts All right. on Wisconsin because they had a huge Whoa. hearing on Wisconsin. Whoa. A huge hearing on Wisconsin dealing with Zuckerberg's organization that spent $8.8 million to get out the Democrat vote. They have all the records on that. And they revealed a lot about how whoever, we don't know who it is, is playing games with voter registration to create the phantom voters that we've been talking about for so long. That the machines, so by hit the that way, share button. W- yeah, hit the share button. Listen, the machines, 
Yeah, guess what they are, Max? What are they? Guess whose machines they are? I don't know. Dominion's nope. machines. Oh, they do voter These registration? Dominion voting machines. Well, see, you need phantom voters in order to create phantom ballots. This is yes, why in Arizona... In order guys, to remove... As we'll, as we'll see in some of these clips, in order to remove people from the voter rolls, you yeah. have to go through county clerks. Yeah. So it's not an automated process. They actually have to have county clerks involved to do it. And they are removing and adding people at a set rate, which we'll see in a second. But first, I want to talk about Zuckerberg because Zuckerberg has this organization that he has a couple organizations that are going around the country and pushing leftist agenda items as it relates to elections. And if we put up my screen, this is in the news today. Zuckerberg back election influence group founder served at Chinese state funded center pushing Beijing propaganda. So one of the the heads at one of these Zuckerberg backed election groups is a Chinese propagandist. So just so we, we can get into this understanding what kind of groups we're talking about, we can take that down. This was testimony from that Wisconsin hearing where one of the witnesses it basically explains that Zuckerberg's intent was to defeat Donald Trump and to make sure that Joe Biden would be, quote unquote, victorious. Mr. Bruce, let's play this clip. Cut three. I think it's it's very clear that Mark Zuckerberg's goal was to defeat Donald Trump and elect Joe Biden. Well, let me, and let then me just, he funded CTCL yeah, and the Vote at Home Alliance okay. uh, and their local representative, a man from New York City called Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, who last time I was before this committee, I, issued, I looked in the camera and I issued him an open invitation to come and talk with us. We would love uh, to have him come and visit Wisconsin. Again. And so far, he has not accepted my invitation. And so we may be looking at more robust ways to secure his presence. Mark Zuckerberg comes to five cities and spends $8.8 million, gives it to the mayors of those five cities, and then switches it midstream, mid, 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 mid negotiations from a COVID safety plan to a get out the vote campaign, which looks an awful lot like David Pluff's roadmap to defeating Donald Trump and Don and Pluff, of course, being employed by Mr. and Mrs. Zuckerberg. So that is a former Supreme Court justice who has been tasked with looking into all of these different irregularities, the irregularities that Mike Pence admitted that he knew about, but did nothing to stop from being certified. Those irregularities. Now they're getting to the bottom of it. And what he's explaining there is that that CTCL, that is what we just I just mentioned, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, that organization where the head, uh, the man put set to run it used to be a Chinese propagandist working for the Chinese state. That's the organization. What he just explained is they gave eight million dollars. It was supposed to go to covid safety. That was what the press release was for, right? We're going to give them $8.8 million so people can vote safely. That got redirected towards busing Democrat voters, as we'll see in a second, right? And get out the vote efforts specifically geared towards getting liberals out to vote. The allegation presented in this testimony, which we're about to play, is that it was literally a swap of cash for Democrat votes. Your reaction quickly, Joe, before we get to the next clip. I think it's amazing that it's just coming out a year later and that it hasn't led to the decertification of elections across the country. Because it's not just something that happened there. It happened in Georgia. It happened in other places. Look, these, these radical leftists, and there's an organization called Our Revolution. 
people need to pay attention to what that is because it's a secret organization that infiltrates both the Republicans and the Democrats, both sides, guys, both sides. Republicans and Democrats tries to infiltrate those areas so that they can disrupt and create issues for the parties. In yeah. other words, take it over yeah. and, and promote their communist agenda. Yeah. Well, so l- let's get into this next bit where they are talking about the literal swap of cash for Democrat votes. Let's play cut four. And you have to understand, like, oh, you know, it's important to find a smoking gun, but it's also important to identify if you have a smoking gun that you have it. And so this document represents an $8.8 million swap for turning out the vote in these cities. Now, you could say, oh, maybe cities like Philadelphia or, or Detroit or Chicago, they would have never put this in agreement. They wouldn't get caught. But in, in, in the Racine and Kenosha and Green Bay, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it was unintentional, they, 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 they made an agreement which swapped cash for getting out the vote. And so that's what we're going to go through. So like the first provision I highlight is, you know, the, the Wisconsin five cities are to be intentional and strategic in reaching out our historically disenfranchised residents communities and above all ensure the right to vote in our dense and diverse communities. Well, literally trading, not COVID safety, get out the vote. There's a difference. COVID safety, you would apply it universally. We know that COVID safety means mail-in ballots help the Democrats steal it. But you could, if he was buying $8.8 million in hand sanitizer, that's yeah. a lot different than $8.8 million for get out the vote efforts, specifically, as we're about, we're about to see, get out the vote efforts in exclusively Democrat areas targeting what they say disenfranchised. That's that's liberal speak for Democrat voters. No, it's it was, not it was Democrat a complete voters. Scam. The, the whole thing's a scam, Max. The whole thing's a scam. So here this next part talks about the busing that $8.8 million, part of it was going to go towards actually busing Democrat voters to the polls. Literally, they put it on paper. They're not even trying to hide it. Ms. Bruce, let's play cut five. Outreach, particularly to historically disenfranchised residents. So here, let's go through some examples. The Green Bay, they intentionally targeted organizations serving African immigrants, Latinx residents. And I, and I saw a Pew poll recently. The cities are using the phrase Latinx, and there's about 30 or 40% of people who are Latino and Latina, who are offended by that. So I, I don't know, uh, they should discontinue that if they, the, those people don't like it. So if I put up my screen, he's absolutely right. Pew Research performed a poll showing that about a third, about 20% don't use Latinx. 76% haven't heard of it. Only 3% of Latinos use the word Latinx. Latinx, if anyone who doesn't know, or I guess uh, Latinx, I don't even know. I, I think it's, they pronounce it Latinx. That is an attempt to escape Spanish's male and female dichotomy in their language. So in Spanish, if a, if a word ends in an O, it is male. If a word ends in an A, it is female. Words can only be male or female. It, it determines whether you put an L in front of it or a La, if you want to use the word the in Spanish. Spanish is a male-female language. Latin X is a very, very small minority that believes that if you say Latino or Latina, that is insulting to transgender Hispanics. We don't care about and transgender therefore, because it's not it a real thing. it should be Latinx. No, but I'm explaining this. Transgender does document, not mean anything. No, I'm, I know. I'm explaining this because the document coming from Zuckerberg's group 
was to spend money to get out the Latinx vote. The only people who use Latinx instead of Latino or Latina or Hispanic are rabid, rabid leftists. The right. people who believe that you have to say that because otherwise you're going to offend the 0.2% of Hispanics who are transgender. I'm going to, I'm going to tell so right, they're not transgender. Right in the language, men dressing the up like women or women dressing up like men, period. Not transgender. They're fake bees. Like furbies, I know. but fake so, bees. I know, but I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is they're spending money to get out the fake vote, right? right? They're, they're spending yeah. money to target people who are just perpetual victims. So the language of the agreement itself is far left. There's Absolutely. no way around that. Mr. Producer, let's, uh, let, let's show you what Milwaukee gave to Zuckerberg in return. They gave him everything. Let's play cut six. And finally, we have zip files and parcel files. They are building a heck of a system. They're asking for active voters, absentee applications, ballots received, ballots rejected. How difficult is it to run the reports? Finally, on October 19th, Michael Spitzer Rubenstein says, Claire, not to worry, through partners, we'll be able to access the voter file update and the map without needing you to pull from the WIS vote. They'll want to know if you want to share the map internally. So at this point, Michael Spitzer Rubenstein has gotten the opportunity to get a direct access, access to WIS vote. So they continue on with building this program. And this is what they build. Um, this map, and it is a, a website that is a real-time system that allowed them to identify every ward by a voter's color, black, white, and Hispanic. Um, it also includes the registered voters by every ward, if they voted by mail, and what ballots were returned, what ballots were outstanding. It's a real-time process. Uh, you know, that, that's not that big of a deal. But if you add in it this Vote Wisconsin, which is a handheld app, and this application checks Wisconsin voter registration status, allows a user to complete, complete a new registration or even modify an existing registration at the Wisconsin state site. By the end of this process, a user will be a registered voter in the state of Wisconsin. So Vote Wisconsin is an organization, and here's how you do it. You put in your name, personal information, how to get started, sign here. And it's the shift time, so they're managing the how long somebody actually went through this process. There are 100 installs, and it's offered by Wisconsin Voices uh, Inc. Wisconsin Voices Inc. is a left-wing group that is owned by a Rothschild. And this gentleman who owns this group Who's president? It's a nonprofit, once again, a nonprofit. But the larger issue here is that they had a backdoor process that allowed them to basically put voters into the system. So I think the question is how many opportunity API links did the Wisconsin election WEC hand out to be able to have a handheld app? And if you put these two pieces together between the map and this handheld app, you have an incredible opportunity to ballot harvest in Milwaukee like we've never seen before with real-time opportunities to turn out only people, I guess, of certain colors. So 
these are the two things that were built with the help of the Milwaukee IT staff, with the help of Claire Woodall Vogg, and more. Claire Woodall Vogg, remember that is the Milwaukee election official who infamously lost the flash drive that contained the entire early vote for the the vote in Milwaukee. She lost it, misplaced she lost it. it. The cops from had... walking all the way from the machine to the to the cop car, yep. sat in there, and all of a sudden it showed up three hours later. This is how bad I don't know they if are. It, I don't know if it was three hours later, but it, it, it was a bit later. And the cops offered to help her find it, and she said, no, thank you, we'll handle it. So that is the definition of outside the chain of custody. If no one knows where something is, that is the that's definitionally outside the chain of custody. You cannot claim to have custody of something if you cannot put your finger on it, if you don't know where it is. So what we're seeing from that clip is this money that came in from Zuckerberg, $8.8 million, was spent creating this online system, this online database that literally tracked voters based on their race. It tracked absentee ballots, how many were sent out, where they were sent out, how many were returned, how many are still outstanding. And, and that it's a was Rothschild used to company. We're, we talk it about this used, stuff. Well, sure. It was used to connect with a with an app so that people could, on the ground, find where the ballots hadn't been returned yet in on a one-to-one basis and harvest them. And if they found someone that wasn't registered, they had that backdoor access through that application to register them on the spot and, and request an absentee ballot. So they only did this with left-leaning organizations. Yes. The answer to that question is yes. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So it's the scheme. I mean, this is the other side of it. We talk about the electronic manipulation, the good old fashioned voter fraud of taking ballots right? And submitting them on behalf of other people. That was happening too. And this shows you how they did that. This shows you how they did it. Using technology, they got a backdoor into the Wisconsin election system. They got all the data on everyone. And they could go block by block where they knew that they were black people, Hispanics, because they only did it by race. They couldn't do it by a political party. They did it by race. That's not what happened. Because that, that's their claim. That's their claim, that they want to turn out the black and brown vote. But that's not what happened. I'm telling but you right it, now, it's not what happened. The system, I know, they didn't it, need to do case, any of that. No, no, they, they built well, they the did back it. door. They did it Listen, anyway. they, built, they built the back door and they got the money from Zuckerberg and others. Right? They got, they, that is all true. But the system itself was designed to have a fixed point out, outcome. It was designed to have a fixed 
point outcome. And the only thing that caused any of that to rupture is the defectors on the Democrat side and the independent side who had a voting history of what they were likely to do in the future. They used the election in 2016, and they basically backed into what they needed, and then they created fraudulent votes. These are phantom ballots. And they did so based upon the people that they added to the rolls, deleted from the rolls, hadn't voted before. That's why you had low propensity voters that voted at an all-time high in nearly every category across the country in 2020. And you can have both, right? Because we, we have video from Philadelphia, as an example, of a woman dumping a bunch of ballots into a ballot drop box, right? We have the yeah. the actual pings, the cell phone, cell phone pings from Georgia showing ballot harvesters hitting up every single ballot drop box on a map where their job is to collect ballots and then drop them off illegally. So we know it's both. Both happened, right? What this shows is that there was a coordinated effort using Zuckerberg's money to harvest ballots in Democrat cities, specifically from Democrat-leaning voters, Black people, Hispanics. And this shows you how they did it. And it shows you that the election officials actually cooperated with them and gave them backdoor access to data they shouldn't have had. They shouldn't have had. If you, if you have a state law that makes ballot harvesting illegal, you should not be giving a ballot harvesting organization the data on where they should go to collect the ballots. Correct. You should. And then and then putting it all under the COVID-19 umbrella. This has nothing to do with COVID-19. Claiming that they were donating $8.8 million for COVID-19. It was a lie. This was all a get. They call it get out the vote, but it's ballot harvesting. It's ballot harvesting. And as we just saw from that clip, that one app doesn't just allow them to harvest the ballot. So, it so also allows them to register people. So what, what's the outcome of this, Max? I mean, I think that's what we get down to is what's the outcome of this? And what, what are they asking to have the outcome of? So, th so this, so, so for those listening, the, the, the information coming out of Wisconsin is to decertify the election in Wisconsin. The ultimate goal was to send this up to the legislative body and to say, we need to decertify the election in Wisconsin. We have enough information. We have enough information based on Maricopa County, based on Mesa County. And the Mesa County information is even more damning than the Maricopa County information because they were surprised that somebody got access to it. Now, here's something you need to know. There are now, and we, and we know this for a fact, that they're, they're trying everything they can to figure out who I'm talking to um, for other county clerks and recorders across the country. But we have several other, I'll just say several other, County clerks and recorders have given us full access to ESNS machines, to Dominion machines, to, to these machines, so that we can actually see before and afters on these whether or not this same sort of pattern in these equipment is identical. And what we found so far is it's more than identical. And we already know that the Bron Bronoviches of the world in, in Arizona is not going to do anything. I mean, he, he is a feckless coward. He doesn't care about the American people. He cares about being elected. And I think the people in Arizona and the people around the nation need to make sure he doesn't get elected to anything. Nothing. If you don't want to stand up, get out. But we're, 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 we're at a place right now where we have enough information. We keep talking about more data. But the goal of this is to decertify the election in Wisconsin and let that be another domino. And, but what you're going to see is you're going to, have, you're going to see more and more of the mainstream media push back and start attacking those people as MAGA supporters when in actuality it's an American movement. It's not a MAGA movement. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what they're looking. That's what we were looking for in Arizona. That's what we're looking for in Wisconsin. Again, the root word, the, the root of the word certify is certain. Right. If you are not certain 
then definitionally, it should not be certified. Definitionally, if you are uncertain, it should be decertified until you are certain. That's yeah. what's getting lost in, in the weeds here. Like, oh, if you decertify, there is no mech. If Wisconsin decertifies, there is no mechanism for that decertification itself to have any effect on Joe Biden's inauguration. He's been inaugurated. That is done. We don't have a mechanism to remove him from office other than impeachment, other than forcing his resignation, other than voting him out. But as far as getting the American people the truth, it would be invaluable to decertify Wisconsin because it shows what we know was true all along. The finger was on the scale. When you have Democrat operatives running around, harvesting black votes, specifically using Mark Zuckerberg's money, and they have an in with the election official, who conveniently is also the one who misplaced the vote count for, for an hour or so, that is the definition of lack of certainty. Where I think you're going to like this, Joe, is this next part from the hearing dealt with voter registrations. And as I mentioned earlier, in Wisconsin, this is supposed to be a pretty manual process. In order to get registered or, or unregistered, right, if you're active or inactive, that's supposed to go through the county clerk. It's supposed to be a very manual process that goes through manual review. But what we're going to see from some of these clips is it doesn't seem like a manual process. It seems like it's algorithmic. Automated, yeah. So we're going to jump ahead, Mr. Producer. I want to pl I want to put cut 15. And what this cut's going to show you is that every Wisconsin county switched the percentage of inactive voters at the same time at the same rate, something that shouldn't have been possible because these are manual processes. If you're going through the county clerk and the county clerk's supposed to do this, every county clerk should not at this very same time be inactivating the same percentage of voters in the voter rolls. Mr. Producer, let's play cut 15. This is a busy graph, but it's important that you see that all of your counties are following that pattern. So in other words, if I make all of your counties have their peak be 100%, you can see that they all follow this same pattern. And what's really suspicious is that even the little bumps along the way in between the major corrections all track each other. So that suggests, uh, it's an obvious conclusion, that all the registration roles are centrally controlled because they're all behaving the same. That's interesting. You can't have a process that's manually controlled by a bunch of different county clerks if you're seeing data that, as the former Supreme Court justice says, were centrally controlled. You can't do that. You can't do that in every county, have them all push the button at the same time and just a coincidence. It has to be centrally controlled. Okay, so so let me just let me point to another algorithmic um, anomaly so people understand the significance of what you're talking about in Wisconsin versus what happened nationally. Uh, Mr. Producer, put up that picture I just sent over, if you would, please. This right here is a representation of the election in all 50 states. Mr. Producer. It takes them a couple minutes. Um, you good? Okay. Go. So really important that you understand this. The green line is going to be, for those that are on the audio version, I'm going to explain this to you. The green line is um, is the ratio between Trump and Biden votes. The um, blue and uh, red line, blue is for Biden and the red is for Trump. And you're going to see that they follow the same, they follow the yep. same breaks the same way. The yellow line, by the way, is the um, Florida Edison zero, right? The big yellow line. And then the total votes is going to be the bigger is when 
uh, is the total votes, right? Total votes. Now, the reason why this is important is because if you look at, and I, Mr. Producer, I can't really sh push a line around it, but if you look at the ups, the downs of the votes for Biden-Trump, right, you will see the exact moment at 4 o'clock in the morning that the votes switch, right? The ratio goes from Trump to Biden, and you will see that when Edison zero, when they zero out the votes across the country, all 50 states, one by one or two by two or just in, in unison, they zero out all the voting information from the Edison data that's provided to, to the media. And then when they zero it out and come back on, the disparity in votes between Trump and Biden significantly increases because you can see how the, the lines follow each other all the way down, all the way up. And you see that big up um, where Biden shows this huge margin of victory on the number of votes. So go ahead and take that down, Mr. Producer. This is identical. Now, this is all 50 states. It should not follow the same algorithmic line. It should not follow, excuse me, the same vote line because people don't vote the same way in all 50 states. I should never be able to compress and stack that information on top of each other. And it should never show that Biden goes up, Trump goes up. And when mm -hmm. I go back to what I said before about the election, and again, on January 5th at Freedom Plaza, on the thing, on the screen, I put up a diagram of the six weaknesses inside of Dominion voting system specifically that allowed for them to steal elections in the swing states, right? To this day, everyone ignores that what happened there, but that's the absolute truth. And we know that because of all the other evidence and data that's coming out since then that shows you that they are using neural networks, they are using um, fixed point out outcomes, and that they're just adding votes to both sides. So if Biden has three votes and Trump has seven votes, that's a 70-30 margin. Yeah. If you add 1,000 to one side and 1,000 to the other, you can make it look like the country is a polarized nation. We are not a polarized nation, people. We are not. We are not 50-50. You're not 50% that are, that, are, that are conservative and 50% that are liberal. We are not 50% that believe in this progressive movement and 50% that doesn't. It's not true. It's not true. But they want to make it look that way so they inject these phantom ballots. And what you're seeing in Wisconsin is a direct correlation to what's happening in these other areas. And there is a color revolution upon us as a country. And that's why I tell you, listen, we have the evidence we have the mathematical evidence, we have the behavioral deviation evidence, we have the technology evidence, and we have the rule of law, the law evidence, the fact that they violated state constitutions and they violated rules across the nation. So, so none well, of the well, things that we're talking ahead. about today- Put on my screen, put on my screen, Mr. Bruce, because you're right. When you see the steps, the steps are incremental. Identical, identical. People, this is all 50 states stacked on top of each other. This should never happen. Those points should be scatter points that run across an entire margin, but they don't. They don't. Yeah. And you see the stair steps on how these, based on timestamps. So listen, this is happening at incremental times, at times, which means that there are functions built in. Look, I've built and I have paralleled neural networks. I have done that. I know what AI looks like. I know what energy decay models look like. I even read Eric Coomer's... Look, let's go back to one thing, Max, if we can go back to this. Why in the world, in 2005, would a voting system, would Sequoia voting system, recruit a guy to come in and, and help with votes, recruit a to come in and help with votes, inside of an election system, who twice in the last two years prior was arrested for 
crimes in California that could have, by his own admission, landed him in jail, who was a skinhead drug addict, which, by the way, you're dealing with public trust. Peaceful skinhead. Public trust. Say it every time. Why would they recruit a person like that? Tell me. Why? Look, if he came in to apply for a job, I'd be like, no. And they have to run a background check. How did a guy like that rise up to the level that he was on Antifa calls and says, I wasn't on the call, but I'm an anti-fascist? Lie over and over and over again, show his cards and post things that are anti-American. Not not just anti-Trump. Forget about that stuff. Anti-American. Then go into the swing states all between 2016 and 2020, and all the irregularities we're dealing with that are highlighted are happening in those states. Yeah. Please tell me how you can see what's on this screen right now and not go, we don't have enough evidence. Pence can kiss my ass. This well, is not just this... an irregularity. This is theft. Yeah. This is well, a that's theft why this of the Wisconsin, voice of the American people. This Wisconsin voter registration, because you're right, the only way, there's two ways to get phantom ballots. You get the phantom ballots by voting on behalf of people or stealing their vote when they didn't vote or, or you harvest their vote. The other way you get it is by playing games with the voter registration. So this, where you can see the, the actual steps where they are parallel, each vote is jumping at the same amount each time. This is what we just played. Joe, there are 72 counties in Wisconsin, and all 72 counties are adding and subtracting to their voter rolls at the same increments, at the same rates, at the same times. It has to be centralized. You can't have 72 county clerks at the exact same moment just individually without any coordination. It's almost like Antifa. They all show up wearing the same clothes, shouting the same things with the same protest signs. No, there has to be some coordination. You can't have 72 county clerks deciding to remove the same amount of registered voters at the same time in all 72 counties. It just doesn't work like that. You have to suspend your disbelief to get there. But we also have more because I want to show you why this is important because they go up, then they go down. They go up, and they go down. Milwaukee is is the worst for this. Milwaukee, let's, let's just play it. This is cut 16. Vicious there. What I did in this graph to help you give you frame of reference is I'm showing you all Wisconsin registrants. Um, these are the active ones, the red curve, and then the the blue curve is the 18 and older population. So these would be who would be eligible to re register to vote. And you can notice that every time that one of these red peaks surges, it exactly matches that line. So it's as though you're inflating the rolls every time up to a certain percentage. It's not equal to that, it's a proportion. But you can see that I've got them on two different scales. I just want you to see that it's tracking really well. Um, it inflates to a certain percentage every time. That's suspicious. I would expect it to be more random uh, based upon people's behaviors, typically not random. Now, there's something important to notice on this graph, and that's that in the- So it's not random. It's not random. I mean, human beings are very bad at making data appear random. Even when people throw numbers at the wall and they say, oh, I just, I just gave you a random sequence, you can throw it through algorithms that can, that can find patterns, right? Human beings cannot fake random data sets. Very, very bad at it. So when it, you see it go up, it goes up in time for the election, and then it plummets. 
they only seem to remove voters from the voter rolls after elections, which I guess, right, you think that you'd want to remove inactive voters before elections to make sure that they can't be taken advantage of, fraudulently vote or whatnot. But the Supreme Court justice found a loophole, Joe, in Wisconsin, a loophole that allows people to register to vote on November 1st, vote, and then be removed from the voter rolls before the county has to report the voter rolls to the state. So in other words, they can register to vote, vote, and then take the name off. And the official record would never even show that they ever were on the rolls. Definitionally, phantom voters. Yeah. Let's play this cut, Mr. Producer. Cut 14. There's a, there's a serious loophole I discovered earlier, and this is related to your databases, so I, I felt I needed to re- bring this up from my earlier report. Your counties only report to the state once each month who's um, on the registration rolls. So in other words, somebody could register on November 1 after the county had reported the registration rolls. They could vote in the election, and then they could be removed from the registration rolls before the next reporting date. And that has happened in multiple counties in your state, and we've, we've caught that. The thing about it is you can't use the registration rolls to do that. You actually have to speak to the county clerks and get their intimate data. So we have done that, and um, here's an example of one in Marathon County where there was a certain number of people registered. There was in-person voting um, taking place on election day, and then after the election, Within days, 5% of those people um, were removed. So, in other words, there's, there's all these loopholes in the way the system works where people can be registered and voted, and because it's being reported in multiple ways, um, this is crying. So I want to sum up, just so people can understand, Wisconsin has same-day voter registration, so you can vote up until Election Day. This is why it's so very dangerous to have this. You can register to vote after the county has reported the voter rolls to the state. So then you basically, you wouldn't show up for another 30 days on the voter rolls. After that reporting, you can register to vote, then you can vote, and then you can be removed from the voter rolls before the county reports to the state the total number of people on the voter rolls again. In other words, you're a phantom voter. So when when they pull up the numbers like what we did right looking at the percentage of votes against the number of votes against the number of registered the percentage of registered voters that actually voted what this shows is that number is not trustworthy because the numbers that we would pull either the november numbers or the december numbers do not reflect reality there were more people registered to vote on election day than any of the databases show and what the former Supreme Court justice here has shown through his investigation is this is a huge, huge loophole because it shows you how you can create phantom ballots. It shows you how you can register people to vote, have them vote, and then kick them off the rolls before you're forced to report that they ever existed so that they never actually show up on any of the reportings. And when you look at they, he, he said he's caught people around the state doing it. When you look at that again, that that picture where you see each one going up and down at the same rates, this is this is either centralized or we are talking about a huge criminal conspiracy across 72 counties to manually do this at the same time. I think it's probably 
centralized. I can't imagine that 72 counties could do this all at once on their own. There, someone, someone has to be pushing a button, a centralized button. And it all comes back to, by the way, the voting systems themselves. And people listen. I'm sitting here having an argument about someone that there's absolutely nothing about. I'm not going to say who he is. Knows absolutely nothing about. He's in there talking about Trump. You know, did not make pay cuts for uh, for uh, the average everyday what American. What is this? Oh, it's just someone that's in the comments. I was I was responding, but you know, I think that the thing that everyone needs to understand is there's that, that systems are very powerful. So I want to take a minute and talk about my previous company because it was the best at it. So you know, PIN literally was the best at it. We did aggregation of data. And what that means is you combine all the data and you build DNA for the average individual. So all the creepy stuff that you saw out there where people could go in and cross-correlate your, your phone with your computer and then the, the habits that you had and tell you how much time you spend at work, how much time you spend at home, your psychographic information, your demographic information, your geographic and behavioral information, all of that is compressed and creates the DNA. So the lines or lineage of what we call the PPV, the propensity and probability value. Now, the reason why I'm slowing this down is because over time we had to figure out how to do that instantaneously. Because at that point, we had to figure out how to put some message, whether it be an enterprise message or a SMB message. And no other company out there is as good as what PIN does. No, no other company can do what they do. And you're talking about double digit growth from the minute you turn this system on to the minute the, 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 the revenue growth is exponential, okay? So the, the reason why I talk about this is because over time we had to get down to the microseconds. We had to understand what people were gonna do in the moment because from dealing with enterprise clients all the way down to SMBs, small to medium businesses, we had to come up with a way to figure out how to put that message at a time they're likely to convert on that message. And then I had to figure out all of the different ways that you could reach them. Are there traditional ways like email or text? Do you do it on social accounts because you know that at five o'clock in the afternoon, they're likely to go onto Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or all of these places. And then you use that data and you use what's called an API structure inside of those environments to drop messages instantaneously at a place you're likely to convert. And then to repeat it enough times that it feels like, oh, maybe I should do this. Because people are like that. Oh, you know, this came up. Maybe we should go there for dinner. Or maybe we should buy something from, from this company. Or maybe we need a mortgage. Or maybe we need a lawyer. Or maybe we got in an accident and we had death or dismemberment. And so we were able to build these scales. So that's, we had to do it very quickly. So we had to use AI, artificial intelligence. We had to use machine learning on one side. We had to use AI on the other side because they're not the same thing. And I know that I'm giving you a lesson on technology, but it's important for you to understand these things. And then you use what are called neural networks. So neural networks is basically, and if you, if you put them, parallel them, you, you create an infinite amount of space to learn about what you're likely to do next. And so when, we, when you see what's happening here, it's very easy to see that there's algorithms being used in order to manipulate and create phantom ballots, phantom votes. And then they have the ability over time, see they have time on their side because they just fight it. It's like fighting for the router data that happened in Maricopa County. They're fighting information that they know will likely lead to an outcome. They, they know that that will add fuel to the other things that were, it, it's like building a puzzle, right? And so 
it's not hard to see what's happening with the artificial intelligence that's being implemented here using neural networks. It's not hard. It's not hard. Yeah. It's very easy to do. And that is why when I talk about this, I don't talk about it as the election was stolen. I think it was stolen. I feel it was stolen. I don't say I feel. I don't use emotion. I use fact. And since I built this system, I built, I created the architecture behind this system called Prometheus Intelligence Technology. I built it. And in real time, and Max, you've seen this, we have case studies where we start here and all of a sudden you're up 70% in one year. 70, 70. That cannot happen with traditional marking, BPO, data collection services. You have, you have universities that used our system. Used because one of the universities quit using us because of the radical leftists that are out there. Don't worry, we went out and found another one. But the university uses us, and your cohorts, the number of students they got, went up, you know, you see an 11-year slide. Anybody that doesn't think that, that higher education is dying, it is dying. It is dying at a rate that's not even sustainable. Dying, 11-year slide, and we were able to recover that in less than three years. While the rest of the country is burning down in higher education, within a three-year time, we were able to move them from 140th top business school in the nation to uh, 57th best business school in the nation. There are things that we've been able to do that are, that are un, that, that frankly, are unexplainable except for the AI that's used. And that's what they're using here. They're using neural networks in order to have a fixed point outcome where they predict what the outcome of the election is because your vote doesn't count. It's going through the deal and they're stealing the election. That's yeah. why I look forward to the Eric Coomer deal because the amount of data that we have on Eric Coomer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eviscerate him. And I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to countersue him. I'm going to sue Dominion Voting Systems. And then I'm going to force them to turn over all the data. I want all of it. And I don't care what we spend on it. We have to get to the bottom of it. And I think that'll come through some of the cases that we have out there now. But I also think it'll come through the case where they're suing me specifically for lying when I did nothing but tell the truth. Yeah. So we're, we're out of time. I want to race through a couple of the big details because we've talked about how they ballot harvest. We've talked about how they've played games with the re registration in Wisconsin. I want to put it in pure numbers. Now, if we go to my screen again, Mr. Producer, if you see this one peak right here, this peak right here, and then you see the big drop, that is for Milwaukee. That represents a 25% drop. They cut 25% of their voter rolls, 149,000 over this time span, just cut, gone. You can then see that they got all of them back just in time for the next election. That is not possible based on population growth. What you're talking about is that bad voter registrations were cut and then got re-added again. Now, some of those people shouldn't have been cut. Some of those people missed a couple elections because they were busy. I don't know and they could have legitimately added themselves. But you don't just cut 25% of the electorate and then re-add just in time for the next election the same amount. Actually, they, they added more. Right? That's, a, that's a huge, huge cut that I don't know if that is automated or if that is malfeasance, but it doesn't make sense. Also, you had 64,000 voters who voted in 2020 were switched to inactive shortly after. That doesn't make sense. You, you take voters and you make them inactive when they don't vote. You don't inactivate voters who just voted less than a year ago. So that's a huge red flag. 119,000 voters registered 
for have been registered for over a hundred years on paper. Now, there's an explanation for that. We don't have time to play the clip. Basically, there's a date. I think it's one one. 1900 that gets automated automatically added to any registration that doesn't have a date so they all get the same date it's just like a fill-in but how the hell are we letting people register without providing a date for it to have 119,000 voter registrations that just don't have the actual date that they are registered and we're just applying a fill-in that is a huge red flag because if you can hide when they were registered you can hide the fraud because as i've as we've explained People are registering same day, they're voting, and then they're getting taken off. If you hide the fact that they voted same day or that they voted right before they registered same day, you can hide the fraud by just assigning them a random or a preset date before. 157,000 voters had the same voter registration number. That is a huge red flag. So there are a couple of filler numbers. We have a zero in front, a couple of zeros, three zeros. When you remove those extra zeros, you find that 157,000 voters have the same exact registration number. How does that happen? That happens when you have people fraudulently registering to vote. You're not giving them the real date. You're not giving them a real number, but you're letting them vote and you're taking them off the rolls before they have to report at the end of the month, hoping that no one catches you. And, and this, this, and this is, is fraud. Why, but, but this and is again, one county, one state in the nation. And it so, just happened to be monumentally important. So this is the stuff that I talk about. This is why, you know, we talk about Louisiana. We were able to uncover a person that worked for Dominion Voting Systems that came in and was actually writing code for Louisiana. And now we're doing a full op and analysis of that information that came in. And it shows the same sort of algorithmic changes inside of their systems as well. People, you have to understand that you have to understand that this entire deal is a cover revolution. It's meant to, de to destroy everything that this country stands for. And that's, they were not going to stop until we do it. And that's why I say stepping in the gap becomes very important. And I'm going to, you know, someone just said that they joined FEC in September of 2020. And that's how you heard about Joe. Listen, I, I want to do this uh, shout out right now for FEC United. That's FECUnited.com. Uh, we added that to the complaint, by the way, against uh, Facebook, because Facebook basically blocked the ability for you to share FECUnited.com. Um, and so did uh, Instagram. So you can't actually go on there and put FECUnited.com. It'll say that it goes against their terms of service because uh, we violate faith, education, and commerce. I guess the three things that are pillars of our community. But it is $60 a year if you want to join. There also is the ability just to sign up and get, get stuff that's happening across the country. But um, we have to take it one by one. We have, to, we have to literally one by one walk door to door, do the things that are necessary in order to bring us together. This has taken an entire year for somebody to actually listen to the data in Wisconsin. It's, it's taken an entire year. And you say, well, we don't have many more years left. I mean, Biden's screwing things up. Kamala, who knows what's happening with her? You have the legislative group and uh, Kamala Harris, if you, just, if you didn't hear about it, she already surpassed what Pence did in the tie-breaking vote in, um, in the Senate. She's already done that. She's already surpassed him, and we're only a year in. So it just shows you just the amount of turmoil that's being created. And what they're doing is they're creating turmoil, people. They're creating it in order to destroy who you are. And frankly, it comes back to joy. They want to take away your joy. If you've ever been to Russia and you look at older population in Russia, they'll always look down. They'll never look at you. They'll do this. They never have a smile on their face, and they're always looking around. They can see everything that's happening around them because they have no joy because they remember what it was like in the USSR back when it was a communist nation. And frankly, you can say whatever you want about the Russia today. It's, it's a different place. People that live in Russia and visit Russia and go visit them, it's different. But, but there are still those scars 
And that is what they're doing here. They're trying to literally bully, shame, intimidate, create fear, destroy our community. And we, before it becomes something that becomes a populist movement in our nation where they, they take over all of these things by defrauding you using systems and, and technology, we have to get to the bottom of it and pull the plug on it. We have to literally pull the plug on this technology and stop supporting it. It's yeah. why we're not on Facebook anymore. It's why we're not on Facebook anymore, people. It's why we're not on Facebook. Well, we are out of time. If you like the Conservative Daily Podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio edition. All those links are in the description, especially subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Help us climb up in those rankings. Sign up for our text alert system if you need a little reminder. If you text the word FREEDOM to 89517, you'll get added to our text alert system. You'll get a reminder every day before you go to air telling you what we're talking about and how and where you can watch. That's it for this edition. My name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.